All right, well, today I'm going to talk about boundaries. Ooh, some people are excited. Most people are like, uh, we'll see where your heart is. No. Oh, maybe I shouldn't have crossed that boundary. But I want to talk about boundaries. I think we continually need to talk about it because boundaries create love. They create healthy relationships. God created us for relationship. That's it. He didn't really create you to work, you know, 40 years of your life, 9 to 5, and, and look, have the best car and the best house and all these things. He didn't really do that. That's not why he created us. He didn't create us really to compete with each other. That wasn't the intention. He actually created us just to have relationship with him. So if we go back to the basics of why we were even created, we need to look and say it's relationships. So we need to have put a lot of value on relationship. First, our relationship with Christ, with God, the Holy Spirit. That's the ultimate goal. But then he said, I'm not even, I mean, he went back to the garden. He said, you know, Adam, you shouldn't be the only one. I'm even going to give you helpmates, so I want you to have relationship with each other. You know, and then he went further, and he's like, I'm going to give you the church. I'm going to give you each other. I want you to have relationship. I'm going to give you generations. I'm going to, you know, you think about when he said, you know, David, Christ is going to come through your line. He said generationally he wants you to have relationship. That's why when you look in there in the genealogies, and we think, why do we got to read this? You ever read the Bible, and you're thinking, can I just skip this chapter? Who begot, who begot? I, like, you know, I mean, I can't. When, you, when I first was saved, I could not read very well. Now I'm an excellent reader. But I'm like thinking, I don't know if I'm pronouncing any of these names right. And I wasn't. And then I married someone who has definitely got the gift of teaching and, and study. And he, I'm saying stuff. He's like, that's not right. <laughs> that's not the right name. That's not how you pronounce that. Because I'm like, well, in my head, I read it like this, these names all this time. He's like, no. Because, you know, he has a good foundation of all of, all of that. And so I look at it in the Bible, and, and God made us for relationship. That's why he sent Jesus. That's why we're still on this earth, because God values relationship of mankind, with mankind. So otherwise, he could have just said, oh, I'm wiping this all out. I'm starting again. But he values it. So... How do we get that? How do we actually get healthy relationships? You know, God wanted healthy relationships. That's why he sent his son, because as mankind, we decided just to mess everything up. He's like, I'm going to give you just one boundary. God started with one boundary. He said, I love you so much. I want you to have free will, so i got to have some boundaries. I'll just put one. You can have everything here. You will not experience any pain, any sick. You're not going to experience any of this. Just don't eat of this tree because you know what? This is going to make you aware. Just don't do that. So one boundary. And you guys probably all know what happened. I'm going to read in Genesis. Boy. So in Genesis 3 it says, Now the serpent was more crafty, and I like when in the Amplified it says subtle, he was skilled in deceit. If you know someone who's skilled in deceit, you right there know. They ain't working in God's camp. They're working in the enemy's camp, right? Because it says the serpent was skilled in deceit. Then any living creature in the field which the Lord had made, and the serpent Satan said to the woman, Can it really be that God said, You shall not, you shall not eat from the tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, 
Oh, we may eat from the fruit of the trees of the garden, except the fruit from the tree which is in the middle of the garden. God said, you shall not eat of it, nor touch it. So then she took that little crafty deceit, and she actually added it in there. Did you see that Satan actually said what God said, but questioned the woman, and because she wanted to show value, she shouldn't have been talking to him, right? She shouldn't have been talking to him. She should have said, who are you to question God? So she actually added the deceit where it said, or, nor touch it. So she allowed deceit to come into her life. Otherwise you will die. But the serpent said to the woman, you certainly will not die, for God knows that one day you will eat from it and your eyes will be open. That is, you will have greater awareness and you will be like God, knowing the difference between good and evil. And when the, women, the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was delightful to look at, and a tree to be desired in order to make one wise and insightful. She took some of the fruit and ate it, and she also gave some to her husband with her, and he ate it. So he was there watching this. He wasn't off doing something. It said he was with her. So they both decided this. Then the eyes of the two of them were opened. That is, their awareness increased, and they knew they were naked, and they fasted fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. So when we think of the garden, God said, I'm putting a boundary to protect you because I love you. Just don't eat of this tree. Every other tree. And, and Eve did say that. She said, no, he said we can eat from all of this, just not that one. You know? And God's like, that's all I want from you is just be able to have free will. And he said, just don't eat of this because God knew it would bring shame and condemnation. And they would have revelation of not just the goodness of God, but the evil that was on earth. So he put a boundary there because he loved mankind so much and he wanted them to choose a relationship with him and not be forced. If that tree wasn't there, then basically that's a forced relationship. They would know nothing else. They, they wouldn't have to. They would basically be robots. There's nothing there. There's no choice. And so God's like, I love you enough to put a boundary because I love you. So they ate, and basically it caused that separation right there, didn't it? The trust was broken, the relationship, they didn't trust him enough that he loved them and just wanted to have relationship with them. They wanted to be like him. So we saw pride. Everything kind of comes in right there. You know, the original sin of pride and jealousy and things. It's like, well, I want to be like God. They had that thought. It wasn't just we go back and think that Satan had that thought, but they had that thought. Because when they said, well, you're going to be like God, they were like, yes, I want to eat that right there. Instead of saying, I don't want to be like God, I just I want to love God. See how that enemy uses that deceit. And, and God knows that. That's why he's like, he didn't make hundreds of trees around them that they couldn't touch and, and things like that that were so tempting. He gave them everything good and just put one. Just put one. So they had, prob I don't even know how many, hundreds and hundreds of great choices. And they went and found the one. We can look around. We can. I don't even watch the news. I don't even turn TV on in my life anymore. I don't. I don't even know any. Like I don't know a lot of things because I just don't even watch TV at all. 
I watch movies, but I don't anything like that. Because I look and I say, this world is, and it hasn't become this way. It's always been. It has. We just know about it because we have more technology. But there's always been abuse and, and neglect and evil and anger. It's, it's always been on the earth. We just can hear about it easier. But the world is unhealthy. In a whole, it is very unhealthy, especially relationally. You know, divorce is rampant. You know, in church, out of church, it doesn't matter. There's no difference. You know, child abuse, neglect, physical, emotional abuse, trauma. You know, trauma is a given on this earth, not as exception. It's like, oh, what's your trauma? What happened to you? It's like, I mean, it's, it's hard to even meet somebody who hasn't had that in their life, right? God didn't intend us for that. But this is what's going on in this earth. It's very unhealthy. Would you guys agree, like, overall, the world is unhealthy? You know, because mankind, here's the bottom line. We suck at boundaries. There's time. I've had to learn over my life. Sometimes I've got trauma in my life because I didn't keep the boundaries I should have. The enemy knows that. He knows that we suck at boundaries. He's like, I literally said one line to Eve, and I got her to cross that boundary. <laughs> I'm going to have a heyday with this world. He's got nothing else to lose because he's already lost. He just wants to take as many down with him as he goes, right? He's already lost. Christ already came. We already know the victory. You know what? He's just mad, and he is been out of shape because you know what he, are, he knows his destiny and he wants as many people to live in that with him so he knows that and he uses that we struggle with that boundaries and like what he said to Adam and Eve that deception encouraging them to cross that you know we know that the devil he tempted Jesus there didn't he he tried to get Jesus to cross that boundary and be like oh you know what you can have all of this in the, in, the, in, the, in the wilderness. He tried to get him to cross the boundary when God said, this is what you're on the earth for, Jesus. You know, the enemy came in and said, you know, you don't have to do this. You know you have all the power. You have all the authority. Why don't you just, you know, do this? I mean, we know that's not how it went because Jesus, part of the Trinity, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and he had all the wisdom of the Lord. So basically, in general, we're not great at boundaries. Therefore, we erode relationships with each other and more grievously with the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's the top relationship that it's like, I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. We're more worried about if the people sitting next to us like us than we do that, that Christ likes us. Right? I'm more worried what someone sitting next to me thinks about me or believes about me than what the Holy Spirit, if you're grieving that, right? See, no one's sitting next to you, so everyone must like you. I like you a little bit. Um, but if you look at that, that's what's happened. Care more about what everyone else thinks than what the Holy Spirit thinks about us. And I've been through that. My kids at times, like, you know, I look and they're like, well, what are people going to think about you if, if, if we mess up, if we do something? I'm like, I don't care. 
I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I care about what God thinks about me. I may look good on the outside, but if I'm all messed up on the inside and I am not pleasing God, you know what? None of it matters. You may, everybody may love you, but if you are grieving the Holy Spirit, what are you gaining? So we got to learn to have boundaries in our life. Because we either go to one extreme and we're like, nobody's getting in anywhere and we put up walls and, and nobody can get in and, and our heart is hard. We do that. Been there. But I'll tell you a secret right now. If you've been there and you know Jesus, do you know he has a wrecking ball and you're never allowed to really keep those walls up? No matter, we keep building them up. He just goes over and it's like, think, you know? Because he's like, I'm sorry, you gave me your life, so we're not doing that. So we have things like that where we build walls, and it's like, nope, ev- everything bad happened to me, so I'm just not going to let anybody in. Nothing's, you know, I can't, I can't do this, I can't do that. I've got to get these walls around. So we have that, you know. Or we go to the other extreme, and we're a doormat. Letting people walk all over us, bringing all their dramas and traumas, breaking connection, hurting us, or even worse, getting our focus off the things of God and taking us out of our destiny. I just got to be nice to everyone. Well, they're trampling on you with mud and dirt. And And if you have Christ living in you, who else are they trampling in with their mud and dirt? Oh, that's different now, isn't it? When you think that in your head, like, Oh, when I allow people to abuse me or use me, then who else are they abusing and using? Because we have the living Lord living inside of us. I think that's worse than anything is when we allow all of that junk in and it gets our focus off the destiny God placed in our lives because our destiny is so valuable to the kingdom other people's lives. I, I say this all the time because we need to have a realization that our walk, our life, you know, we're part of the kingdom. We have Christ living in us. Our life, other people's lives is determined on how we walk, how we live. If we walk out our destiny, there are other people that their destiny is tied to ours. And if we weren't there to share Jesus with them, to walk it out, they may die and not go to heaven and not know him because we didn't walk out our destiny. Because Jesus said, I'm not doing it all. I went to the cross. I made a way. Now I want the church to go out and preach the gospel of salvation, right? That's our job. It's not Jesus' job to preach the gospel of salvation. Did you guys know that? It was never his job. It was his job to go to the cross and become a sacrifice. He said to everyone else, what did he say? Go and tell them I am the Messiah. Go and spread the word. Preach the gospel. So we either get, we have walls or we're a doormat. I've been in both places. (laughs) You know, and I don't think it's because always that we fall into those things because we're prideful or or we're offended or or we don't we worry more about what people think I think sometimes we get there because just pain or we or we just don't know you know how to or we're just thinking well I just got to be nice to everyone because Jesus was kind he was but he also chased some people out with whips and flipped tables 
And I'm not talking about these little plastic tables we have. We're talking like marble tables, like Hulk smash, okay? Jesus wasn't always just like, oh, you guys, you shouldn't be selling in here. Oh, no. You know what? If someone comes at me with a whip, I know that I have some correcting to do. Basically, when we become that doormat spot, it just steals our focus. We get focused on what's going on in our home, what's going on at work, what's going on on social media, what's going on everywhere else, except for what's going on in our heart, what God is telling us. All, a lot of the issues that we have can clear up if we actually just went to the Holy Spirit, went to God first and said, I do not know what to do here. What do I need to do? He'd be like, oh, I'm glad you asked. You know, here's the answer. I got all the wisdom revelation you need. But instead, we go everywhere else trying to fix it, trying to get people on our side. <laughs> it doesn't matter how many people are following you if you all go into a cliff. <laughs> God started his relationship with mankind with boundaries because God knew boundaries equal love and protection and healthy connection. You know what? How many guys have children? Do you let, when they're little, you're up on a second or third story, do you let them climb over the railing and stand up there? I mean, my kids, I won't even let them, we go to the, okay, this is bad. So Lana is 16 years old, and we go to the pier, and I tell Jordan, you hold on to Lana's hand, get her away from the edge. And we freak out because I'm so scared. Like, she'll go like this. Like, she's probably, like, a, like let's say where Mercy is. That's how far she is from the edge, and I am grabbing her. Like, you know, because, not because I don't want her to enjoy the walk on the pier. And she's way older. I think that might be an issue I need to deal with. Um, just using it as an example. But, you know, because I love her, because my mom was a lifeguard, and she scared me about that. She's like, you know, I've had to save people out of the channel, things like that. Do not go to there. Do not be dumb. Do not jump in there. doesn't matter how much is, you know what I mean? So I'm always like, if you go in there, you're going to die. That's how, like, that's what I thought. I'm like, if you fall in there, you're done. It's over. Nothing's, no one's saving you. So I have a little bit of trauma maybe that I brought to my children. But I, I did that, I do that because I love her not because I don't want her to have fun. The same thing, if your kids are climbing on that railing, you don't do that, be like, you're not telling them get down or you spank them or you won't let them do that because, um, because you're just like, well, I don't want you to have fun. You do that because you're like, I'd like you not to die today, you know? We do that because we love them. That boundary, that railing is there to protect them, right? To protect us. And we, and we adhere to those boundaries because we realize that protection because we love. When we begin to break all these boundaries by jumping over the railing, being a doormat, setting up walls, then we wonder why our relationships are terrible, why our life doesn't seem to pro be progressing. There's been seasons it's like, this does not seem to be going forward. I feel like I'm going backwards right now. Why it feels like I just can't, you ever feel like you're just not in the destiny God has for you? To look at our boundaries that we've placed. And not just with the people in our home, everywhere. They, we should have them in every area of our life. Sometimes we just don't know 
Sometimes we believe the lies of the enemy. Sometimes we just need to practice setting good boundaries. It's really easy for someone to come in if you set a boundary and, you know, like if you tell your kids, no dessert before dinner, you know, but they come in looking so sweet. Their little faces, and they're just like, I'm so hungry, mommy, I'm dying, I'm starving, you know, and you're like, okay, you can have a cookie or, you know what I mean? And you let them cross that boundaries. Then it gets to dinner, they didn't eat anything, you're like, you never eat anything I cook. Well, because you gave your kid a bunch of cookies, because you couldn't tell them, you know what, you won't die. You can wait an hour like everybody else. That's just a little boundary. But I'm saying those little boundaries teach our kids. So when your kids want something, then they, what happens when we do that? Our kids learn, un, just in that situation, they learn unhealthy relationship with food. See, there's relationships connected to everything, isn't there? Sometimes we just need to practice. Put a boundary and be like, I'm not crossing this no matter what. I'm like really on food today, but I think about a diet. Like, you know, the best time I had when I was doing um, intermittent fasting. And I thought it would be like 701. I'm like, nope, not doing this. I do need to get back doing that better. But um, when I had that, I had the best results because I actually kept the boundary. If I just say I'm doing intermittent fasting, then at 9 o'clock I go eat a gallon ice cream. You know, I broke that boundary, and then I'm like, what happened? Why don't I feel so good? Because you just ate all that ice cream. You crossed that boundary. Your body said no, and you said, you can't tell me what to do. <laughs> you ever do that after you eat something? You're like, oh, I shouldn't have ate that. And it's like, yeah, you already knew that. You should have kept the boundary that you knew that you put in place for a reason. I'm keeping it in the food thing because it, it just feels nicer, doesn't it? If I had to bring, like, families where it's like, oh, you never say no to your child, and now you're wondering why they don't listen to you, that feels a little harder, doesn't it? You know, I didn't raise my kids up in the things of God, and now I'm mad because they don't, they don't know the things of the Lord. Those boundaries are a little harder now. I didn't want my kids not to like me. Well, because you didn't put the boundaries, that's why they don't like you. You always see, you think, I raised my kids, I loved them, I did all this, but we didn't put boundaries in, our, in, in their lives. And guess what? They realize they can walk all over you. You don't put boundaries with your friendships, they'll walk all over you. With family, sometimes we think blood makes it so we can't have boundaries. Well, this is my family. Well, your family is abusive and terrible and toxic to you, and they are keeping you off the destiny that God has placed in your life. See, those are harder to hear. <laughs> we'll go back to food, right? That's what we like. Because those are funny and easy, but the reality is sometimes we have to put boundaries because it protects what God gave us, you know, that gift of eternal life and the ability to share that with others. Let's get back to something nice. That was hard to hear, isn't it? But some of us are like, I've lived in that. I've lived in that. Something I've learned it took me longer, but you've probably heard me say it. Your first family is your kingdom family. And if your blood family is in there, how much greater? But Jesus said, you know what? When we, when we serve him, we serve him. And if your family doesn't want to serve him, you don't stop serving him because, because they don't. That's the difference. 
Your goal is to be able to live Jesus and preach the gospel so they can see him, right? Because you want every, we, we don't want anybody, we don't want anybody to spend eternity away from, away from God. So where was I? We got into some stuff there. So the better we are able to keep boundaries, the further the call on your life is going to go on this earth the further the call of your life is going to go on this earth and the kingdom, the further the kingdom is going to be progressed. How good is that? How good is that? Like, okay, well, you might be a first-generation believer and you don't have all the tools, but man, if, if it's like now all of my kids serve the Lord and, and then their friends are serving the Lord and we are, we're giving to people and people's lives are being changed, the kingdom is progressing in a good way. It's like, I like being around these people. We always, there's always, you know, you always hear jokes of like, you know, growing up, it's like, oh, I have to go to holidays and things like that. You see it on TV, you see it on there where it's like, oh, we just got to get through this. And it's like, no, that's the way the world wants it. That's not the way the kingdom is. The kingdom is like, I get to spend time with these people. I'm excited to be with them. I love them. I can't wait till we meet again. You know what? They used to have church and houses for hours that somebody fell out a window because they fell asleep because they were listening to the word so long. So they had to go down and pray for them, get them healed, and raise them up. I'm not, we're not sitting in windowsills and stuff. We know that those are boundaries. I'm just, what I'm saying is because they loved being with each other. Because in the kingdom, what do we have? Peace not perfection. The head has perfection. Christ is perfection. The bride, sometimes she runs through the mud and gets a little messy, but we get to have peace, and we get to know that we have victory. You know, once we're saved, our job is to be kingdom-minded. Everything we do should be progressing the kingdom. Wherever we work should be progressing the kingdom. The children that we raise should be progressing the kingdom. When we go to the store, it should be progressing the kingdom. When we're working in our garden, it should be progressing the kingdom. Do you know that maybe you just are really love, you're like, I don't know why I have a, have a joy to do flowers and gardens, but you know what? Someone driving by that could just bless them. And they just seek God's creation and beauty because of you are a good steward of that. It could be something as simple as that. Because everything we do should progress the kingdom. Because we are no longer ours, we are Christ. And his goal is only to progress the kingdom. Right? So that none will perish. So everything we do should be to progress the kingdom. Not everyone in your life wants you to progress the kingdom. There are people that have chose to go over, hunker down, and sit in their bitterness and toxic lives, and they don't want to move. You keep moving. You don't stop and think that it's your job to save them. It is not your job to save them. It is your job to preach the gospel and continue. You cannot force or make someone's choice. God did not make the choice for Adam and Eve, and it is not your job to make the choice for your friends, for your family, or other people. It is your job to preach the gospel, to live the gospel, to progress the kingdom. If they don't want to be in the kingdom, you can't make them. You can't dr bring, drag them kicking and screaming, like, you're going to be in this kingdom and you're going to like it. 
This isn't Disney. <laughs> Seen parents do that at Disney when I went. I was like, this is not the happiest place on earth for this kid. Because the happiest place on earth is anything that you're doing that is in the will of the Lord. So, to do, to do this, to actually progress the kingdom, we can't let every toxic relationship come in and get our focus off of what God wants us to do. You ever deal with someone who has drama to drama, and you're like, we can never get through anything. They, and they, they can't bring it around to God. It's just, I mean, some of you work in jobs where it's like, it's the same over and over. And you're like, oh, it's sunny today. And they're like, it's hot. Oh, it's raining today. It's good for our uh, plants. Oh, well, you know what? It's cold. Oh, it's cloudy. It's like 72 degrees. It's perfect. Well, tomorrow it's going to rain. <laughs> right? It's just no matter what is just negative and things like that. You, we can't let every toxic relation get our focus off what God did, is doing, and wants to continue to do. I can look back in my life and say, well, this is why I didn't have very much these years. I didn't do hardly anything for God. Because I was so focused on helping or doing or trying to fix or trying to get people to see the light. That was not my job. And I decided, you know, oh, it's family or it's friends or, or it's here. And I just, I just got to make this relationship work. Sometimes the Lord's like, cut it off, keep moving, pray for laborers to come into the path. That's your job. It is my job. You know what, Paul? No one was stopping him when he was Saul. He's like, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do what I want to do. He was pretty toxic. Would you agree that he's like dragging Christians out of their home and murdering them? That's toxic relationship. Yes. You know what? Nobody was changing his mind. You know what? He knew the, he knew the scrolls. He knew everything backward and forward, right? No one was changing his mind. So guess what? Who had to come? Jesus had to come, knock him down, and be like, okay, you ain't listening to anybody else. You don't know how to have healthy relationships. We're going to start over. And he did. So guess what? Sometimes it's Jesus' job. It's usually always his. He just lets us help. He just lets us, you know, make the kind of path to him. He might let you help do that. But he's the only Savior. That's it. He's the only Savior. He's the only one that can forgive sins. He's the only one that can give a new life. We can just show people our new life. So get our focus back. It comes when, when, when we have these toxic relationships that come in, it gets us burdened with all the issues, all, all that it takes up our time, you know, it steals our time, our peace, our focus. And how effective are we? when we're always worrying or wondering or worrying what someone's saying about me or, or, you know, letting them come. I tell my kids, I'm like, don't let people steal your good times. There are people that they just are so jealous that they'll come and say something. Like, you come in and say something good, they want to say something to steal your peace. You know, I get texts sometimes, I'm like, I'm not dealing with that right now because I'm having fun. I'm going to enjoy this. I'm building this relationship. You know, that's why my phone goes on silent when I'm preaching, because how would that be if I said, oh, these people want to talk to me right now, and I'm up here, and I say, could you guys all just wait? I know your time is valued, but I, I value mine more. 
steals our time. How effective can we be when we're overwhelmed, when we feel take advantage of or hurt, or when we're living from drama to drama? How effective are we in the kingdom? How effective are we? How effective was Peter, you know, when they're, how, how effective when he was denying Christ? How effective were the disciples when they're fighting over, I'm going to be the first, I want to sit right next to you. I, Jesus is like, can you all shut up? You know, I mean, even with Peter, he's like, get behind me, Satan, because you don't know, you know what, you're acting like him. That's basically what Jesus was saying. He's like, you're not acting like me, you're acting like him. How effective were they for the kingdom when they were, they weren't very effective, were they? How effective were they when they were up in the upstairs room? Not very effective. Jesus had to go up there, too, and then send the Holy Spirit. When we're dealing with all the drama, trauma, and pain, and, and we're trying to hide it, or we're, or we're putting up walls, we're not going to be effective for the kingdom. We've got to take that stuff out of our life. We've got to put healthy boundaries. Think about this. How productive are you when your body's sick? That's why we have sick days at work, right? We don't want to go in. No one wants to work eight hours when you feel terrible. We don't feel like going to work, running around. We don't get hardly anything done. I mean, like, when you've been really sick, you know, and, like, you're like, oh, I guess I should at least try to sit up and, like, move from the bed to the couch, and then you feel like you ran a marathon, and you're like, oh, that was just too much. I mean, like, when you're like, oh, a shower's the most I could do. We're not getting much done, are we? We're not being very productive. Well, how productive is the body of Christ when we're running around sick and icky? How much more could we do if we put boundaries in our life and said, you know what, I'm not letting all this junk come in and steal my time, my energy. I'm not going to let this come in and make my heart and soul sick. I'm going to guard it. Guard your heart for out of it, out of it. Guard your heart. It is the wellspring of life, and it produces what? Life. If we don't guard our heart, Basically, our life can be stolen. The, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, doesn't he? So if we don't guard that, he's always coming to kill, steal, and destroy. If we don't guard that heart, look what can happen to our lives. You know, maybe, maybe you skate by with your life, but did you have peace? Did you have joy? Were you able to give and receive love? You know, I look at Jesus. He set boundaries with his biological family, his kingdom family, his friends, strangers. And this is Jesus. I'm going to read in Luke 10, 38. It says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Um, she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, 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 the Lord answered. You're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. 
Jesus, when he was with Mary and Martha, he set a boundary saying, hey, I already know I'm here for a short time. We can't focus on all of these little areas and all these things and everything looking perfect. You know, is the food perfect? Is the house perfect? He's like, none of that matters. What matters is sitting at my feet. That's it. He said, really only one thing. You can focus on having the best meal, having the cleanest house. But you know what? Those are coming in my kingdom. I'm putting a boundary. None of that matters. And he said it that with her. He's like, I'm not. He, he set a boundary and said, I'm not going to say that to Mary. She's doing what she's supposed to do. You actually are living in this dramatic life. And it's not producing anything. So no, I'm not going to tell her that. You know, I'm pretty sure Martha was like, <gasps> like she didn't like. And that's, that's what you're going to get when you start setting boundaries and people come up and, and they try to walk over them and, and you say, oh, I just like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to talk like that. I'm not going to act like that. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to give that time. And they're going to be so, <gasps> you won't let me abuse you. You won't let me get your focus where I want it. And they will be offended. They will be mad because all of a sudden they can't control you anymore because our heart is not ours. It's the Lord's. <laughs> I just see when people be aghast. Oh. But if you want to see Jesus set other boundaries, you know, in Luke two forty one it says every every year Jesus' parents this is with his this is with his parents, okay? Kids don't be mouthing off, okay? But disclaimer. Uh, he's Jesus, he gets a little more uh, he knows what he's doing. So every year Jesus Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 years old, they went to the festival as usual. When the festival was over, they went home. But Jesus stayed in Jerusalem. Now, you can't really be mad at your kid if they're 12 and you leave without him. I mean, I know some people have lots of kids and that's happened before. Or maybe, no, you got extra ones, didn't you? You know, but, okay, so, but Jesus stayed in Jerusalem. His parents did not know about it. You guys, you have to travel for days. I'd be, I mean, I, I think once in a while you might be like, one, two, oh, I feel like we're missing one. They traveled for a whole day thinking that Jesus was with them in the group. They began looking for him among their family and close friends, but they did not find him. So they went back to Jerusalem to look for him there. After three days, you know, Jesus has something with three after three days, they found him. You guys, I would be, <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sure they weren't calm when they found him. If your kid is missing for three days, after three days, they found him. Jesus was sitting in the temple area with the religious teachers, listening and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and wise answers. When his parents saw him, they wondered how this was possible. And his mother said, son, why did you do this to us? And I'm pretty sure she wasn't like, son, why did you do this? She's probably, I mean, where's my kid? I'll do it to my kid. Come here. I'll do it to Levi. He's going to be my kid. Get him there. It'd be nicer to Layla. I'm pretty sure she's like, son, why did you do this to us? Where have you been? We've been looking for you. Get over here right now. I'm pretty sure it went more like that. Yep, you're in the family now. You can't get away. 
I'm pretty sure it went more like that, right? If, you have, if your kid was missing for three days, I had that happen. Layla got lost in a building, no, for like five minutes, and I was literally in the parking lot. I didn't care who the people were. I'm like, nobody's leaving this parking lot. You get over here. I didn't care. Like, I was in a church, too. I was like, nobody's moving. People are like, oh, my gosh. And I was screaming. I, like, anyone tried to go out there? I don't care who you were. You ain't going to your car. Nobody's moving. Nobody's moving an inch. I will literally, you know, stand and lay down in the road. Nobody is leaving until my child is in front of me. And when I got her, I shook her. And I was like, it doesn't matter if you think you're in a good place. There are bad people everywhere. And you will never see mom again if you ever. That might have been a little trauma. But, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? It probably was more like that when she saw her son. It wasn't like, oh, Jesus. Let's get back to this. Why did you do this to us? Your father and I were very worried about you. We have been looking for you. And Jesus said to them, Why did you have to look for me? Now, if it was anyone but Jesus, talk back to you. You've been missing for three days, and you're going to say, Why were you looking for me? Because I love you. You're my son. You know, you're 12 years old, and we left, and we are gone for a day. Like, hello, there's bad people everywhere. No. So Jesus is saying this. This is how you know it's Jesus, because you know what? He didn't get smacked. Uh, maybe, di- I don't know. I mean, he didn't, he, Jesus listened to his mom. She's like, make the wine. He's like, but it's not. Make the wine. My mom said, make the wine. Bring me some stuff. <laughs> Bring me some water now. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not my time. I am your mother, and you will get those barrels, and you will make this wine right now. I don't know how that is, but I just see that in my head. (laughs) Jesus said to them, why did you look for me? You should have known that I must be where my father's work is. But they did not understand the meaning of what they said to him. Jesus was with his parents, and they were like, Jesus, why why didn't you come with us? Basically, you should have known better, basically what the parents were saying. Like, you should have known, you should have been with us, it's your job. But Jesus set a boundary in saying, Hey, I'm going where my father goes. If you don't know that, you know, too bad for you because I'm going to be about my father's business. He said, it doesn't matter that I'm 12. It doesn't matter that you guys decided to go home. I am going to be about my father's business. If you don't like it, then it's not my problem because this is what I'm called to do. And you're not taking my focus off there. You are not putting the blame on me. I'm going to walk into my destiny. Children, that worked for Jesus with his mom and dad. I would not suggest maybe doing that. Uh, You probably won't get the same result because you are not the son of God. Um, But what I'm showing you here is what I want to show you, that Jesus put boundaries with friends and, and family. He put boundaries, you know, in his own life because he knew he couldn't get his focus off what his destiny was. Because literally the whole world, all of mankind, was determined whether he was going to cross those boundaries or not. Right? Our lives depended on him being really good at that. We all need better boundaries somewhere in our lives. Some areas we are really good. We're like, I'm really good at that. 
No, he goes to the gym all the time. I'm like, he's all like healthy. He's like, I have like one piece. I'm like, oh, he has really good boundaries with food. I bring it back to food because that's fun, right? He's got good boundaries, and I'm over here like, can we eat our cake in bed, Lana? She's like, yes. <laughs> if I asked Noah that, he'd be like, you know, you can't eat after this time because <laughs> he knows all the answers to that. He's good at that. He's got a good boundary. So we all have good boundaries in something. You sat in the front. I'm sorry. Um, oh, who haven't I picked? I got Jordan, and you guys left to pick on friends. <laughs> I'm just teasing. But we have areas that we're really good at setting boundaries, and people might come to us. You know what I mean? John and Donis, your kids are amazing. All three of your kids are amazing. You know what? You set good boundaries. Like if I have parent questions, I'm going to come and say, they know how that works. They, they have raised their kids up in the Lord, and they all are still serving the Lord. I want to know what boundaries they put in place, right? Okay? So there's areas we're good at, but then there's other areas that we're not that great at. Each of us are different. Some of us might be really good in this area and not so good in this area. We need to say, okay, this seems to always have chaos around it. This always seems to bring pain. This gets me distracted all the time. I obviously need some boundaries. That's how you can recognize it. You look in your life and say, what are areas that I am struggling with or seem to have all this going on? What boundaries do I need to put in my own life or with other people? Maybe it's in relationships. Maybe it's your job. You know, did you even ask if you're supposed to work at the place you're working at and now you're complaining because you don't like the people that you work with or you don't like the place that you work at? Well, did you ask the Lord if you're supposed to take that job? Okay, we're going to keep going. Um, (laughs) Are you following man's standards? Maybe your emotions you need to put better boundaries on. Maybe your friendships. You know, maybe your time, your energy. We all have areas where we could have better boundaries. You know, our call in our life, our effectiveness in the kingdom would explode with growth and people would be added to the kingdom if we recognized where we needed boundaries. How good, do you guys want that? Do you guys want exploding the kingdom? Or are we just happy because we're in the kingdom and we're getting all the blessing? Or do we want it to explode and go everywhere? I mean, let's be honest. Sometimes it feels good to just be like, I'm on my way to heaven. I don't want to deal with anybody else. See, I'm going to be honest. Sometimes it feels like that. When you're tired, when you're exhausted, you're like, can somebody else do it, Lord? And the Lord's like, okay. Oh, you know, be careful when you ask the Lord that because really what is, we're basically saying just take me home because our only, our only purpose to be on this earth is to preach and live the gospel, right? So if we don't want to do that, what value do we have? Be careful when you say, can somebody else do it? And the Lord's like, I created you, I called you, my son gave his life for you to do this in this season, in this location, in this area, in this time, in this generation, You don't just get to be a hermit and sit at home and be like, I love Jesus. You are called to do something, right? You look at Elijah when he got all sad and and started feeling bad for himself. You know, God gave him a couple days, gave him some food, something to drink, sheltered him. And then he's like, could you get off your butt and go do what you're supposed to do? If you need a moment, take a moment. Don't take a lifetime. Don't take a generation and raise your kids to then take that next generation off the focus of what God has for them. We might need a moment, but we don't need a lifetime. The goal is to be more like Jesus. To hear the word, to experience his character. You know, we need to just clean up, adjust, 
place good boundaries every day. Guess what? Sometimes we go through years of our life and we realize, you know, this was all messy because I didn't have a boundary. Great, you realize it now. Put one in. Don't go back and be like, well, I can't put them in because I already messed this up. No, you didn't realize it. Lord, forgive me. I could have been further along in my walk if I would have done this. Where are we going? God's like, oh, great, just do this. And you know what? We're going to go hyperspeed. God can redeem anything. He's a kindred redeemer. Anything can be redeemed through the blood of Christ. But if we just put those boundaries in every day, every day we're going to look more and more like him. Boundaries equal healthy relationships. They are not there to punish you. They are not there to manipulate you. They are not there to control you or to control others. They are there so you can have healthy, whole relationships that will build the kingdom. So when you run into people that don't like your boundaries, that's okay. You have to say, God, what do you want me to do? What's going to build the kingdom? You're going to run into people because you know what? Most of them are not doing it because they, they hate God. They're just... They want to cross boundaries because they've been allowed to. It's comfortable. It makes it easier for them. They might be selfish. They might just have pain. And they haven't run into anyone who said no to them. You ever deal with someone that's never heard no and then you tell them no? They don't like it. But we need to make those healthy relationships. And how we do it is put boundaries in. God did it. Jesus did it. Whatever they do, that's what we should be doing. If they did it, we should do that too. You don't have to be everybody's best friend. You just have to do what God has called you to do. They have to deal with it. If someone has hatred or anger or malice towards you, you know what? All you can do is say, Lord, send laborers into their path. But it doesn't mean you have to convince them. Your job is to set boundaries, continue walking, because the next person down the line may need you, may need you not to come broken, you know what I mean? In the woe is me, having that Ecclesiastes moment, like, oh, everything is meaningless, and they're like, oh, that's how I felt too, so I should just end it. No, they need you to bring the living word. That is our job. And you know what? You will have, the more you put good boundaries in, the more joy and peace you're going to have in your lives. I'm, I'm speaking from experience. I'm speaking from the word of God. It's something that's going to bring value to you and anyone that you come in contact with. So let's pray.